The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams. Isaac is back with me today. Our draft coverage continues. Today we have the pleasure of, I'm going to call him the home run hitter, because last year we had him on the show, and he was the first guy that I heard mention Xavier Tillman as a fit for the Grizzlies. And he knocked that one out of the park. Mr. John Chepkevich of Rookie Scale. John, how's it going, man? It's going great. Uh, appreciate you guys having me and uh, the, the high praise there. I might, might have just gotten lucky on that one, but I'm glad to see that uh, everything has worked out for uh, Xavier and for Desmond in Memphis in year one. Uh, you guys are headed in the right direction and uh, hopefully can keep moving that direction with the draft this year. Yeah, I I think you're being a little too humble, man. I, I think you, you knew something. You, you knew what you're talking about. I I will uh, I'll respect you uh, being humble, but uh, you you definitely done well on that one. I think that was uh, we can call it a, a very well educated guess there. There we go. That works for me. Thank you, guys. So we uh, we decided not to put the handcuffs on John this year. We we had him focus on um, two guys from Arkansas last year. There was a lot of hype around uh, Mason Jones. And, um, oh man, I just Isaiah lost Joe. His name. yeah, Isaiah Joe. And so that, that's the two guys we focused on last year. This year I told John, I'm like, Hey man, you were spot on with the Xavier Tillman pick last year. So you just take a swing at whoever you think would be best fit, best available for the Grizzlies at 17. So John, who are guys are, you know, maybe two or three guys that you see that are going to be on the board at 17 or we think will be on the board at 17 for the Grizzlies? Sure. So the first one I'm going to start out with here that I think would be a nice fit is Usman Garuba uh, from Real Madrid. So that might be a name that, uh, you know, not everyone's super familiar with, with him being an international player versus, uh, you know, domestic NCAA player. But, you know, this is a guy who's six, eight, about 230 pounds with a 7'2 wingspan, and he's sort of been a bit of a prodigy in the Real Madrid Madrid program for a while. Uh, He joined their program in their youth academy at the age of 11, um, won a bunch of MVPs in FIBA U16s and Adidas Next Generation tournaments when he was younger than the rest of the competition, and then he actually ended up eclipsing Luka Doncic as the Real Madrid youngest starter ever. Uh, when he was 17 years old. So, you know, this is a guy with some pedigree over in Europe that I think could potentially uh, slot in nicely for the Grizzlies and fill a need for them. So what would you say are, um, you know, I've studied him a little bit and and I was going to mention, you know, being a part of Real Madrid since he was 11. So I'm glad you brought that up. But for, for those that have not really watched any tape or don't know the name, what would you say are like, the best parts of his game. Sure. So this is a guy that you definitely have to dig into the tape to get a feel for because over in Europe, younger players, you know, even though he was the youngest starter in club history there, still not like he was playing super significant minutes for a long time or an offensive focal point. Right. So, you know, he started about half of their 86 games this season across the ACB and Euro Euro league, which are, a couple of the best leagues in the world outside of the NBA um, averaged less than five points per game, less than 50% from the field. So at the surface level, you might not be super pumped to see those type of statistics, right? But 
you know, what really sticks out is the defensive side of the ball. Like we're talking about a guy who could potentially be an all defensive player in the NBA down the line and be an immediately positive impact on that end right out of the gate. Um, He has a really strong muscular frame is a really fluid, smooth mover from end to end uh, has great start and stop and change of direction, uh, fluid hips, a strong base. He's really, you know, has that plus length with the plus about six inch wingspan and is able to make functional use of all those tools on the court. So you know, in the modern NBA where you need guys that can both protect the rim and defend out in space or else you're going to get played off the court in the playoffs or high leverage situations, which, you know, will be more and more important for the Grizzlies moving forward. Uh, this is a guy that I think could kind of slot right into the front court uh, where, you know, I guess the roster is a little bit more bereft of depth in that area. And he can make a lot of sense to kind of plug right in and add some value on defense. You said a, a sub fifty percent from the floor. Does he show signs? Um, you know, what's his free throw stroke look like? Is he a guy that, even though right now he, he was sub fifty percent from the floor, does he show the 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 upside of maybe being able to stretch the floor and and, and play pretty well in the modern NBA? Yeah, I think that there have been some promising signs of that. Um, you know, he's been more of a you know paint bound guy earlier in his career, but. You know, this season, um, he's been making strides from deep. Uh, Since April 1st, he's actually shooting over 35% from three on 50-plus attempts and 80% from the line on 35 attempts. So, you know, really moving in the right direction there. He had a career performance against Andalou Efes in late April where he had 24 points and 12 rebounds on a 65 true shooting percentage. So, you know, the offensive upside still may be somewhat capped. So like he's not going to be any sort of primary offensive option in any way, shape or form or a guy that you rely on to create his own looks by any means. But I think it's totally feasible that he can hit, you know, a spot up corner three point shot or maybe a pick and pop here and there and, you know, be able to continue to grow and develop his offensive game uh, to add on top of the defensive side. With the uh, the bigger frame, um, I know in the Utah Jazz series, uh, they tore JV apart in the pick and roll. That that has been like that's probably his weakest point of his game. You know, pick and roll defense for him. He just he doesn't have the lateral movement. Is that something that Garuba is he going to be able to play the defense on the pick and roll? Whether he has to, you know, hedge it to you know prevent the the jump shooter from taking the shot and still have that athleticism to to fall back to keep them from getting that easy uh, pass to the roller? Yeah, absolutely. Like, he, he really excels at kind of getting out, hedging, defending in space. And then even if a guard is able to get a little bit of a step on him, he's able to kind of flip his hips and sprint and stay with the guard there and then has the length to be able to recover and kind of, you know, alter the shot or the passing angle for the lob. So, you know, as sort of the pick and roll big man he's able to do a variety of things play a variety of coverages and then also if he's playing you know as the weak side um weak side defender in the pick and roll he's able to kind of have you know both that quick speed and short burst to get over to the help side and then the length to be able to be a viable help side rim protector in those situations as well so you know really well-rounded guy that can play the four or play small ball five and add value in a variety of contexts on defense. All right. Isaac, feel free to jump in here, man. If you got anything, I, I, you know, 
I, I thought at one point you were trying to jump in. I wasn't trying to talk over you. So oh, something <clears> you, no you got, man, you fire it up. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, Garuba's not a guy that I've I've done a lot of work on a lot of prospects. He's kind of one that I I haven't really delved into. So it's good to kind of hear your perspective on him. Uh, I mean, now that you broke it down, he does seem like a guy that that would fit a little bit better than I than I thought he would. Uh, actually, Tankathon actually has the Grizz taking him at seventeen right now. So uh, really good to hear your perspective on it and and to see that he's been playing for Real Madrid ever since said eleven years old. Man, that's that's impressive. Uh, and to hear, I mean, the Grizzlies could definitely use a guy defensively uh, in the front court because, just like David said, I mean, Grizzlies really got killed in the pick and roll uh, with, with Valentunas against the Utah Jazz. So they definitely need some help in that area. And Garuba sounds like a guy that could, could step in and help in that vein. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like in, as far as forwards and centers on the roster, you already talked about Valentunas and, and we talked about Tillman. Like, those are obviously. You know, some guys that will be around for a while, and Tillman does add some defensive value. Jaron Jackson, theoretically, will add defensive value, but, you know, he's coming along a little more slowly, dealing with some injury problems, right? So yeah. I think, you know, kind of shoring up the front court there with a guy that will be pretty reliable on the defensive end off the bat and have a little bit of upside to to grow further in that role, I think could be a really nice fit for the Grizzlies. All right, so so who who is another guy who would be number two for you? All right, so this is going to be a kind of different end of the spectrum here because uh, with Garuba, we're talking about a guy who's going to be you know nineteen and change years old on draft day. Uh, now we're going to completely flip the script to a guy who's going to be <laughs> he's going to be twenty four <laughs> years old yeah. on draft day. Yeah, so Chris Duarte out of Oregon. Um, so. You know, on the topic of being a little bit older on draft day, I I don't think that the Grizzlies are particularly scared off by the notion of that, uh, just, you know, based on their historical picks and picking, you know, like Desmond Bain and Tillman were not quite that old, not 24, but, you know, like 22-ish years old. Uh, They're not afraid to draft guys that are a little more established and just, you know, quite frankly, just good basketball players, right? Like a lot of times teams are taking some upside swings and, you know, are taking on risk and, you know, hoping that somebody's peak outcome, you know, comes to be. But, you know, sometimes just picking good basketball players is a pretty uh, tried and true strategy. So, and Chris Duarte was one of the best basketball players in America this past year. I mean, uh, right now he ranks 19th on my consensus uh, rankings for this draft class. So right in the ballpark of the Grizzlies range. And he actually opted to decline to participate in the NBA draft combine yeah. uh, that took place this past week, which, you know, there are some rumors that there might be a draft promise in the mid first round uh, that would have sort of caused him to go ahead and do that. But, you know, nothing that's, you know, totally confirmed at this point. But with the Grizzlies picking at 17, they could be right around that range to be able to either, you know, maybe leap a team that might have promised them around 20 or something like that, right? But a little bit more about his story and kind of, you know, where he where he came from and how he got to this point to being like an All-American and a viable first-round pick. So this guy grew up in the Dominican Republic and moved to New York uh, in high school originally committed to Western Kentucky, but then, you know, opted to go the JUCO route to Northwest Florida State. 
uh, spent a couple of years there. And as a sophomore, he was the Juco player of the year and the top Juco recruit in the country. So, you know, I kind of a big fish, small pond uh, situation there dominated his competition and ended up at Oregon where last year Peyton Pritchard was, uh, you know, one of the best players in the country, kind of had the ball in his hands all the time. And Duarte was in a little bit more of a complimentary role there, kind of off ball, ancillary offensive role, lower usage. And Peyton Pritchard was sort of running the show and Will Richardson was out there, you know, as another wing alongside Duarte. But this year with uh, Pritchard moving on to the NBA, being drafted by the Celtics and Will Richardson dealing with some injuries, kind of gave Chris Duarte the stage to flourish and really show what he brings to the table as a prospect. So uh, before I really get into his game, uh, seems like you guys sort of, uh, you know, knew where I was going with that one. What have you guys been hearing in Memphis as far as Duarte as a potential fit with the Grizzlies? Well, you, you brought up a good point by saying that the Grizzlies aren't scared to take on these older guys. But I mean, we've seen it with, uh, like you said, Desmond Bain, Tillman, and it's really worked out, though, even um, Brandon Clark as well, uh, bringing in older guys who are ready to step in and play. And Duarte definitely fits that bill. Uh, he's probably my number one on my board for 17 of real, like, realistic guys that could be there for the Grizzlies. Uh, and when you look at it, when you look at his stats, I mean, 17 points a game, I mean, 42% from three, uh, a good rebounder, uh, 2.7 assists a game. He can, can pass the ball. Uh, just does it all. I mean, and, and you like the size at six six, uh, and, and a, a lot of times with these guys, you look at a guy as a shooter. To think about Duarte, he's also a plus defender as well. When you look at yep. his range, you see him on mock drafts from fifteen to twenty five, even sometimes down during the button to the bottom of the first round. Do you think it's just him being twenty four and and they and guys they're thinking not there's not a lot of upside there? Like he's kind of is what he is. Do you think that's kind of what's holding the stock down a little bit? I think that's absolutely it. Yeah, I mean, if he was like 19 or 20 years old, I, yeah, yeah, just a bona fide lottery guy, right? But I think that that's, that's exactly what's kind of keeping him more toward like the conversations in the second half of the first round, mostly. But, but I totally agree with you as far as, you know, the on-court value, right? Like you ran through some of the the per game stats and the shooting stats and, you know, on the defensive end, I don't think, there's a verified wingspan for him, but it doesn't doesn't seem like he has crazy long arms, but he's able to, you know, make use of, you know, really high IQ and instincts on the defensive end to kind of disrupt passing lanes and, you know, get up in people's shirts. And he can even provide some help side room protection, too. So he, he had a 3.4 steal percentage and two and a half block percentage across his Oregon career, which, uh, you know, you typically don't see marks both at that sort of rate on the defensive yeah. end and those are really strong indicators for a 6-6 wing right so when you add that to you know how balanced and versatile he is on the offensive side of the ball um he can function both with the ball in his hands or as an off off the ball guy right so 90th plus percentile and spot ups as a pick and roll handler and in transition and each of those play types comprises at least 15% of his total uh, possessions, right? So really balanced and really efficient across the board. Uh, and then as a jump shooter, he's the 90, uh, 95th percentile as a catch-and-shoot guy and 94th percentile off the dribble. And we're not talking just like 
you know, 20 attempts off the dribble. We're talking 110 attempts off the dribble, and he's in the 94th percentile. So this is just a lights-out shooter, but not just a guy who stands still, you know, toes on the three-point line in the corner waiting to catch and shoot. Like, this is a guy that you can also put the, the ball in his hands and ask him to create. So could function alongside John Morant as an off-ball guy or maybe run some stuff on the second unit and create create some opportunities for himself and others from the wing. Yeah, I, playing with John Morant, playing off of the ball is going to be key. You know, I think that that is um, that's something as I'm diving in, looking at these guys, that's something that I want to see. It's easy to to look at a guy that has a ball in his hand. Uh, Bones Highland kind of comes to mind as a guy that can, you know, he can score the basketball and he, he's got the three point shot. But how is he going to play off of the ball? And that's uh, I think with Duarte, that's not a concern at all. He, he would fit into this offense and I think he would be just fine. Plug and play not have to worry about him playing without it. Yeah, he has one of the, I think, the, the highest floors of the draft. I think he's a extremely safe pick. I don't think there's any way that he comes in the league as, as a complete bust. I think he's at least uh, a solid role player, a guy that can, can come in off the bench and score. And like, like you guys said, I mean, he just does so much well. The only negative, I guess, if you want to say it's negative, is Ben 24, which I don't really see as a negative. And he's not the biggest athlete in the world, but outside of that, I mean, he just does everything well, moves well without the ball. Like you said, he can be on the ball some. He can create for himself. He's not just a guy that just stands around, like you said, and, and stand in the corner and wait, get passes for jump shots. I mean, he can pretty much do it all. And, again, a lot of these guys, usually they're mostly offensive guys. He can do it on both ends of the floor. I think he'll be a guy that can step in and get 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 steals, get in passing lanes. So I, I love him as a prospect. And, again, if he's – Sitting on the board at 17, I, I would definitely run run to the podium for the card with the Grizzlies. And I think a lot of GMs are going to be kind of upset they passed on him because I think he's going to be a guy that can step right in and is going to be a contributor from day one. Right. And, and another thing to think about here is, you know, what other guys, you know, beyond Garuba and Duarte are kind of in this draft range and are going to be on the board. And, you know, if you start looking at some of these names, a lot of them are more in the boomer bust category, yeah. or, you know, have super glaring flaws or a lot of risk, even if they're younger. Right. So you have guys like, you know, I don't know if Kai Jones makes it to here, but he, you know, he's in this range and is pr- a pretty boomer bust uh, type of prospect. Isaiah Jackson, Jaden Springer, Sharif Cooper, Zaire Williams, Trey Mann, Cam Thomas, right? Like these are a lot of guys that have some, intriguing skills and are a little bit younger but there's probably a way higher chance that they uh don't work out right so uh you know it's kind of one of those things that will come down to a team's draft philosophy but you know based on prior history uh, i wouldn't be surprised to see the grizzlies kind of err on the side of taking the more sure thing here unless unless their scouting and analytics departments are so in sync on one of these guys that's perceived as a high risk, but they feel really comfortable with the pick, right? Yeah, th- there's a few guys in there that, that I wouldn't mind kind of talking a little bit about. Isaiah Jackson being one of them. Um, he, he is a guy defensively. I, I I know that his offensive game is lacking, right? That That's going to be, I would say, the number one question about Isaiah Jackson is what type of offense is he going to bring at the next level. And there's definitely huge question marks there, but, but defensively, 
I feel like he has the tools to be a, a pretty high impact player on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, a guy that, that I've mentioned before, comparatively, a guy that's in the league right now, Mitch Robinson, is a guy that doesn't have much of an offensive bag, but he's enough of a plus on the defensive end that you can have him on the floor. Do you think Isaiah Jackson has, like, is there something there that I'm missing, or would, would is that a fair comparison? No, I mean, I, I think he's kind of built in a similar sort of similar mold there, right? Uh, like, I understand the Mitchell Robinson type uh, projection. I guess I guess the thought for me there is that maybe, you know, ultimately those kind of guys end up being more easily replaceable when it's all said and done, right? Like, for example, with Mitchell Robinson this year on the Knicks, uh, you know, had some injury problems this year, only played maybe 20-something to 30 games, and uh, ultimately had to be sidelined and Nerlens Noel was able to step in there guy that, you know, they brought off the scrap heap for on a $5 million contract and was able to fill in viably and, and impact the game uh, in that role. Right. So, you know, just the positional value and archetype, I think is the, the question mark there. And Isaiah Jackson, I think is only, you know, 206 pounds or something. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, there are some question marks to, despite him being a pogo stick athlete, like, you know, he's going to have to put on some strength to his frame to be able to viably sort of bang inside and, and fulfill that role. Whereas a guy like Garuba is already 230 pounds and ready to roll in that regard. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, we talked, we talked about the Grizzlies uh, a minute ago and been a team that's not afraid to take older guys. Like we talked about Duarte being 24 and some of the guys they've drafted in the past. But when you look at this team also this year, there's not a lot of minutes, a lot of roster spots open for guys. So this could be a year where they could take an upside swing and get a guy that they're going to send down to to the Memphis Hustle to, to kind of groom down there a little bit. And we kind of ran through some names there. Zaire Williams is a name that we've talked about a lot. And he does have a, a lot of fans among the fan base for a guy that you, you take an upside swing on. But, I mean, he's as, as raw as raw can get. Man, the numbers weren't really there. Not a, not a lot of production at Stafford, what are you kind of your thoughts on, on Zaire? Yeah, I, so I think that one could make a little bit of sense. Like, if you're going to take an upside swing, like, that's one that I I could get behind, right? And so he recently actually measured in even bigger than people thought that he was. He was just shade under 6'10 in shoes, which is huge for a guy on the wing that can kind of create for others, create his own shot. Like, I think there's a lot of, lot of upside there but like you said uh you know obviously really struggled out of the gate this year shot 37 percent from the field less than 30 percent from three uh you know the negative assist to turnover ratio just a rough year for him but i i think you know among these guys that sort of struggled as freshmen you have like him and bj boston was a guy who they went yeah. to high school together both had rough years but like zaire i think there's a lot more sort of reason to believe and more upside there than the guys like Boston or like Greg Brown or some of these other freshmen that had tough goes. Zaire, I think there's enough talent in the archetype of like the combo of size and kind of creation with the ball in his hands and IQ. Like I, I think, you know, despite a tough year at Stanford, that that one would make a little bit more sense to me than some of these other options as far as a high risk proposition. Yeah, you talk about Boston. He's a guy that really dropped him. He was up in the lottery if you looked a year ago. Now he's second round mostly 
Uh, but with Zaire, yeah, I mean, you you see some shooting upside there, and if you get a guy that can, can shoot the basketball, like you said, a shade under six ten. I mean, one eighty eight. You gotta like that as a as a wing. The size is definitely there. Uh, extremely young, like you said, nineteen years old. Uh, so he definitely, if, I mean, he's a guy that can, that can grow. I do think there will be sure things on the board, uh, like we talk about Duarte and, and some of these other guys. So it probably wouldn't be the route I would go if I was the Grizzlies. But if they're going to take an upside swing, he's definitely a guy that has a, a lot of room to grow and could potentially pay dividends two or three years down the line. Yeah, definitely. That That's certainly on the table. And then, you know, even something else to consider could be, you know, let's say that uh, the team that had promised Duarte, uh, if a team promised Duarte at like 20 or somewhere in that range, and then, you know, the Grizzlies were able to kind of use that as a leverage point to get that team to trade up to 17 uh, to get the guy that they want. And maybe the, you know, the Grizzlies can trade back, acquire some, you know, supplemental assets, and then could maybe in the 20s look at a guy like uh, Trey Murphy out of Virginia, who's really been yeah. rising as of late like they're, they're like a lot they can play this but like trey murphy's a guy that i think would fit really well isn't thought to be a guy that gets picked in the in the teens but if there's some sort of trade back scenario that makes sense you could kind of have best of both worlds and get a guy that fits really well and acquire some you know other assets in, in the process All right, so I think we, we've covered 17 pretty good. We talked about uh, quite a few different picks there. We're, we're just about at the time window that John has. But before you go, uh, the Grizzlies pick again at 51. And, you know, I don't expect you to have that many guys. It, but let's go with one guy that has been projected kind of late in the second round that, that you like or that would fit kind of the, the draft strategy that the Grizzlies have, uh, have hit on the last few years. Sure. So I'll give you two names that I think make some sense uh, in that range. So one is Kessler Edwards out of Pepperdine. Um, so this is a guy who's a uh, you know about six foot eight wing um, with a six eleven wingspan and you know kind of one of the better wing defenders in this draft. Uh, he recently participated in the NBA Combine and you know did participate in the five on five scrimmages. And while he sort of struggled a little bit on the offensive end, uh, he was, you know, one of the better defensive players on the wing. One of the only guys that, you know, you alluded to bones Highland earlier, one of the only guys that was able to kind of, you know, actually slow him down a little bit when he was cooking everyone in the combine scrimmages. Uh, Kessler Edwards has, you know, consistently shot, you know, just under 40% from three for his career and is a really good defender, versatile defender. I think that's a guy that currently is slotted at 49th in my consensus rankings. So, you know, right in that range and could make some sense. Um, and then one other name that I'll go with is uh, Joe Wieskamp out of Iowa. So Joe Wieskamp had one of the more impressive NBA combines of, of anybody in attendance. Uh, measured in at six, seven and change in shoes, uh, six, 11 wingspan and had a 40 plus inch 40, max vert. Yeah. 42 inch. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he kind of, you know, surprised some people with those measurables and the, you know, the vert and the testing and everything. But, you know, I mean, what people knew him as prior to that was just being an absolute sharpshooter kind of flanking Luca Garza at Iowa shot 
46 plus percent from three this year and then you know comes out to the combine tests well and then you know in his second game at the combine I think he had 26 points and 10 rebounds like absolutely you know great showing in that environment amongst other potential draft prospects so you know I think those are two names to kind of keep a look uh you know keep an eye on for the second round there it's it's possible that you know, either of them could be off the board uh, by that time. But if they are there, I would say that those are two kind of great uh, potential second round uh, grabs uh, out on the wing that could be good gets. And I, I love it. Makes me feel good. Those are two guys that we have we've discussed on the show yeah. before. So, you know, we're, we're heading in the right direction. We're, we're happy about that for sure. <laughs> there you go. So, John, we're going to let you get out of here, man. Before you go, let everybody know where they can get you. Or, uh, you you've been talking about your consensus big board. That is on rookiescale.com. But I'll let you tell everybody about you, where they can find you, where they can uh, find your work, man. Sure. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at John Chep, J-O-N-C-H-E-P. Uh, and I'm also doing some work for The Analyst, uh, which is very data-driven dra- draft analysis. We do some pretty cool stuff with uh, some proprietary player tracking data that, uh, you know, you see it sometimes in the NBA, but I've never seen it for college. So uh, keep an eye out for that on TheAnalyst.com. And uh, you can follow that on social at Opta Analyst, O-P-T-A Analyst. All right, man. Thanks again for taking time out of your day and coming on with us. We're going to wrap it up. You can find me on Twitter at dwill2111. The show is at Grizz. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, man. You can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals. I-S-A-A-C underscore rivals. Make sure you go over to at Grizz. Give us a follow. We appreciate that, man. Special thanks to John for, for jumping on with us this afternoon. Really enjoyed his insight. Uh, and then we'll be back soon with more draft coverage, man. All draft, all the time, man. So make sure you stay locked right here to the Hoopball Win podcast. Until next time, we're gone. This has been a Hoopball presentation.